Well, we are so excited uh, to just be here together to kick off uh, this new year. As Brian mentioned, my name is Matt Party. I'm one of the uh, pastors here also. And what an exciting weekend for our city. I mean, was there a lot going on? Did you drive around a little bit? It's like the city was just teeming with excitement. We got the tractor pull. I don't know if you drove out there, but that was kind of crazy. We had a home uh, Bowling Green uh, football game kicking off. We had uh, Firefly Nights. We have all these students moving back in, all the international nationals coming in that we got to bless. And the church, man, you guys stepped up big to help and outreach to the city, and that was really exciting. But better than all of that stuff is this kickoff service right here to celebrate. But also, there's another big event that you don't know about. Today, 15 years ago, my youngest son was born. Today's Max's birthday, my youngest son. Yes. Hand clap for him. He's going to appreciate that. So we've had birthday parties this weekend like it wasn't busy enough. And that was a great, great celebration. And I'll share more about my family later. But for all of you that are new, uh, my wife and I, Mary Lynn, we've been married for over 23 years. And uh, we have three kids, 21, 16, and 15. And they are a wonderful joy uh, to our lives. And uh, you, you'll hear us at, at H2O talk about our families probably too much. But you'll get to know them uh, over the years because we do love them and love talking about them and all that God teaches us about following him through our families, and that is how he intended it. So as we are kicking off today, we do this every year. We want to talk about John chapter 4, Jesus meeting the Samaritan woman at the well, and where we get our name H2O from. So we're named H2O. That's after Jesus being the living water. If you want to grab your Bibles in front of you, you can and turn to John chapter 4, or you can listen along, and the verses will be up on the screen also, or pull those up on your phone or your app. And we love giving this message. This chapter 4 in John really encapsulates all that we are trying to do and achieve and the mission that we believe that God has given us here at H2O and in this city. And I'm going to kind of tell you very quickly the story and then go into it. Because sometimes it's nice to know like, okay, what is this chapter about? And I'm going to summarize it quickly and then we're going to pray and we'll jump into the word. But the beautiful part of this story is that Jesus meets this woman at a well in the middle of the day when people didn't normally go to the well because it was the heat of the day. So why was this woman at the heat of the day at this well? Because she was a very sinful woman and had a terrible past, and she was an outcast amongst her community. So she chose to come there when no one else was there, and that is where Jesus wanted to meet her, right where she was at. He has this amazing conversation with her about water because they're at a well, But then he uses this physical analogy to talk about himself, that he is the living water that can quench the spiritual thirst of all people. And it goes right over her head. She doesn't understand. Why is this spiritual man talking to her about living water? And he goes on to really uh, do something miraculous in her life in describing her life that she'd been trying to hide And she comes to believe in him. Her life is changed. She goes back to her city and says, you've got to meet this Jesus. I think he's the Messiah. 
He told me everything about my life, and I think he's the one that we should be following. And many people believe in her as a result of her testimony. And this Jesus encounter is so powerful, and we love it so much because it says that any one of us, no matter what's going on in our life, we can be changed in a moment if we have an encounter with Jesus. And that encounter can change everything for us internally and in our lives, the trajectory of our lives, but it doesn't just stop there. She goes and affects other people to invite them in to this relationship. That's really John chapter 4. And we're going to dissect it just a little bit more. But let me pray before we get into his word. Lord, we are so grateful to be here together to encounter you. And just like you had this encounter with this woman and it changed her life, God, we say before you this morning as we were just singing, we want to make room for you in our lives. We want to make room for you in our hearts to speak to us in deep ways. For many of us, we may be sitting here, God, before you, and our heart is like a sponge. We say, God, teach me. Help me in my life. I know I need you, and we're just ready to grow. We're ready to dive in spiritually with you, Lord, and we thank you for that. But for many of us, God, maybe we're here, and our heart is hard, and we're just not sure whether we want to trust you. And God, I know that you love and have mercy in those situations too. And God, if we could open our hearts just a crack to make a little room for you. God, I know you prove yourself to us over and over again. So Lord, wherever we are, meet us where we're at. In Jesus' name, amen. Each time that we give these teachings, we, we like to give a big idea, and it's really kind of to summarize, you know, on Monday, Tuesday, and Friday when you walk away, think, well, what was that message all about? We'd hate for you to walk out of here and just not have the words stick in your mind. And so we give this big idea each week, and this is the big idea of this message this morning and of John chapter 4, is Jesus created us and pursues us for relationship. Again, if you don't take anything else from this message, we hope that you hear loud and clear, God is pursuing mankind. He's pursuing you. God is pursuing us for a relationship. God loves you, and he wants to be close with you. He wants to be intimate with you. And because of the mistakes we've made, we might not be intimate with God, but Jesus came to bridge that gap so that we might be intimate with God. He's on pursuit. He's doing something. He's been doing something throughout human history. He's doing something today to pursue us. We see this in John chapter 4 as we start in verse 4. Let me kind of give you some background here. Is Jesus is traveling with his disciples, and they're going from the south up to the north. There's a map that's going to come up here. And they're down here in Judea in John chapter 4. This is what the description is. And oftentimes the Jewish people in Judea would travel to Galilee, but they did not like the Samaritan people. They hated the people of Samaria. They were of a different nationality. They were of a different culture. They looked down upon these people, and they looked down upon them so much, even though the straightest line, you know, A to B, straight north, they would go over here to the east. They would travel all the way over here to the right near the Jordan Valley and the Jordan River 
just to avoid running into these Samaritan people. That's how bad their hatred was toward them. And Jesus wants to expose this. Jesus wants to say, this is not right that we're not encountering these people. And the gift that I have, Jesus is saying, it's for the Samaritan people too. So in John, it says this, so he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. Now bring attention to that last part there. Now he had to go through Samaria. Did he have to go through? No. Often the Jewish people went around it. He didn't have to do it, but he was called by God in this ministry that Jesus had to reveal himself to the world. He was compelled by God to go through Samaria. And this was breaking all the cultural uh, barriers that they had. So they're traveling through this, and while they're in Samaria, they stop at this well. And Jesus sends his disciples away. They're going to go into a town and get some food. And Jesus is there by himself in the heat of the day and in the middle of the day by this well. And he encounters this woman. And here we pick it up in verse 5. So he came to the town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone in town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus was amazing through his ministry of breaking down these negative stereotypes, these religious things that were not of God. He wasn't even supposed to be talking to a woman because people didn't have a high view of women. And Jesus is like, no, you have as much dignity as all people. And this, she's saying, why are you talking to me as a Samaritan? He said, no, you Samaritans have dignity like anyone else. So she's blown away on two uh, counts that Jesus is a Jew talking to her as a Samaritan and that he's talking to her as a woman. And here's the first point that we pull from that passage that we just read. Jesus overcomes social norms and stereotypes to begin loving relationships. Jesus is inviting all of mankind into this relationship with him. And he's passionate about every person. He's passionate about every one of us. They're at this well. They're having this conversation. Jesus starts to explain to her what we call the gospel. How do we get to heaven? How do we have a relationship with God? And her mind is only on physical things. Her mind just doesn't understand all these things. Again, she's an outcast. She doesn't think any of this religious stuff or spiritual stuff is for her. And so in John chapter 4, verse 10, we read on. Jesus answers her and says, If you knew the gift of God... And who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would give you living water. Jesus says to her, I want to tell you about this gift 
of God. I want to tell you about a gift. You know, we just had uh, Max's birthday party last night, and it's always fun to see young people opening up gifts. It's a blessing to be able to give gifts. If you kind of think through your life of like, what's the most special surprise gift you've ever gotten? You're like, oh my gosh, your heart's just wide open. You're excited. No strings attached. When we receive a gift, we kind of perk up and say, oh wow, this is really what I wanted. This is a huge blessing. And I love that the scriptures talk about the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross as a gift. What does that mean? It's a gift? You know, I, I, don't have to, I don't have to earn this. I don't have to work for this. I don't have to pay penance. I don't have to spend the rest of my life trying to. No, it's a gift. That's what a gift is. And you know what's really important about a gift? That we receive it. We have to open that present. We have to treasure it. We have to say, yeah, this is, this is mine, and I want it. And Jesus is explaining to her that he is this gift of God. He is a gift from God in this living water. But she doesn't see it, and she doesn't understand it. And here's the second point. When our eyes are fixed on only earthly needs, God wants us to see spiritual needs. We can go through life with our eyes just fixed on physical needs, right? That dominates our lives. Do I have enough money? Where am I going to live? Do I have furniture? Uh, how, am I going to make friends? Do I have everything I need for school? How am I doing at work? How about my neighborhood? Is my grass cut? All these things in the to-do list that we pile up in this physical realm, which are important questions, but our minds can just really be fixed only on the worldly things. And when Jesus is talking to her about this spiritual gift, this gift of himself, she says to him, how are you going to give me living water? You don't even have a pot, Jesus. You have nothing to offer me. Where's, how are you going to draw the water out of this well? Where are you going to get this living water? And again, it just escapes her because her eyes are not in a spiritual realm, but on a physical realm. Is God speaking to you in your life? And maybe we're in a spot where we're just in this physical world and our eyes are fixed on physical things and we're missing him. We're not tuning our spiritual ears to what he's doing. We're not just perceptive of what he is doing and we can miss it. And we come together and we sing these songs and we get into the word and say, God, I don't want to be in this situation. I want to be aware of what you're doing spiritually in my life. And in the beauty of Jesus, as he always says, he continues to elaborate so that she understands what he is saying. We're going to go down now to verse 13 in John chapter 4, verse 13. He elaborates, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water of the well will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them, this spiritual water, this spiritual life, I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I don't have to be thirsty and I don't have to keep coming here to draw water. Did she get it? No, she's still not getting it. 
And this happens a lot with Jesus as he's describing things to his disciples and they just keep asking questions and he keeps explaining it to them with patience and love. I believe with all our hearts that God is doing this with us. He's trying to tell us things. He's whispering things to us. He's repeatedly, patiently trying to work with us in our weakness to love him more to forgive some person that we have unforgiveness toward. We're battling with some sin in our lives and we're trying to diminish God's voice in our lives. There's something that we're very anxious about and we're just being tormented by it and we just can't open our hands to give it to God. And he's saying, would you give that to me? Would you let me give you peace and give you rest? And we just keep missing it. We just don't understand and we're just like this woman yeah, give me that water. I hate walking up here at this hill to this well all the time. Jesus in verse three, or in point three, Jesus is the living water that gives eternal life. He was talking about her spirit. He was talking about her soul. And she still wasn't perceiving what he was saying. So she needs a bigger intervention in her life. And Jesus does a miracle and he asks her a very, very convicting question to really get down into the layers of her heart. And he says simply to her, would you go get your husband so that I could talk to both of you? And she says, I don't have a husband. And then Jesus does this miraculous thing. He, he reads her mail and he says, I know you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. And now you're with guy number six and you're just shacking up with him. You've had five husbands and the man you're living with now is not your husband. You're living in sin right now. And whoa, now what's happening is she's back on her heels. God has got her ear now. She's not thinking about water and wells and, and carrying her pots up the hill anymore. Now she's talking about very deep things. And she says to him, how do you know this? You, you must be some kind of spiritual man. You must be a prophet of God. And now she's very spiritually receptive and he reveals to her, he is the Christ. He's the Messiah. And she's like, why are you talking to me? If you know that I've had five husbands and I'm living with a guy that I shouldn't be right now, you know why I'm at the well right now at noon. He's like, yeah, I get all that. And guess what? I still want you. I still love you. And this gift that I'm extending to you of forgiveness of the blood that I'm going to shed for you, it's still there for the taking. And she's floored. She is moved. She is just absolutely overcome with the mercy of Jesus. And she runs to her town and says, you have got to meet this guy. You've got to meet this prophet. Could he be the anointed one? Could he be the Messiah that has been spoken of through the Old Testament? You've got to meet him. And these people come and they have an encounter with Jesus and they say, not just because of your words, but our interaction with Jesus, we believe. And her life is changed. 
We talk about something here at H2O that's very important to us, and we say it over and over again because it's in the Scriptures that Jesus invited people, but Jesus challenged people. And what we call that here is high invitation, high challenge. And just to elaborate on that some more, these verses that talk about if anyone wants to come after me, let him come and follow me. Whoever it is that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All these words about all and everyone and anyone, that includes you that's sitting here right now. And as you think about the things in your past that you're ashamed of and the sins and the things where you were just so selfish and you regret that, and I have those things and all of us have that in common, and we try to share that from the pulpit here a lot about our own weakness and our own past so that you would know you're comfortable here among sinners. We are not perfect people. We are people that need to be forgiven. And while you sit there and you think, gosh, does God still accept me for all these things? This woman is thinking, man, all these terrible relationships I've had, am I still acceptable to God? And God says, yes, you can follow me. All these times where you've just been filled with greed, you've been filled with hate, you've been filled with lust, you've been filled with all these things that have pulled you away from God. God, is it over for me? Have I just crossed some line and I'm just too sinful to be acceptable to you? Jesus says, no. The gift of God can cover those sins. The last point. Jesus knows your past, and he still wants you. And that's really the most important message that Jesus shares that you could hear in your life. No matter what you've done, he wants a relationship with you. The cross can cover your sin, and as he rescues you through your faith and your belief in him, now it's time to go out to our campus, our city, our world, and help them be rescued into this. And you're invited into that. It's a high invitation. Anybody can come, but the challenge is difficult too. Now we have to let God lead us. We have to let him speak into our lives, and we have to walk with him on mission together. Let's pray for that and ask God to move in our hearts. Lord,